0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Please Amen. be seated. I'll do my best to project today without the microphone. But, uh, some of you, some of you, heard this this uh, testimony uh, at, at the Alpha course. But when I when I was I grew up in the church, I went to. Sunday school every week, and youth group, and all the rest I mean the church I grew up in so it was, it was a, a, a big church that um, episcopal church but but more on the low church side of, of things we had communion you know once a month, whether we needed it or not the the real The real push was to come to believe in Jesus have faith in jesus and um, you know that was there was a big push to to confess Jesus your Lord and Savior and believe in Jesus and you know I believed in Jesus I knew his word and 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 knew the hymns and went to church as i said and when i when I was about nineteen or twenty or so i was I was in college and, and leading youth helping the lead youth group um, at our at the church we are going to and generally speaking, my job was to be the fun person. Right, I'd do the games and I'd do the things that were, were fun and get food and, and all this. And not really the teaching part. The other youth mm-hmm. leaders uh, were were better at that than, than me. But one day I had to um, give the lesson I was, I was assigned to give a lesson about faith. And so there wasn't the internet back then. I couldn't Google anything, but I had a little book called Five Minute Devotions for Youth that I looked in and there was faith. And looking up faith um, was, um, the, the passage was from the book of James. And in James 2, We read that, what good is it, my brothers, if someone has, he has faith, but doesn't have works? Can can faith save him? What if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving him the things needed, what good is that? So by faith itself, without works is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and by my works, I'll sh- or by my faith I'll show you my works. You believe that God is one, good. Even the demons believe that, and they shudder. And it was that part. You believe in God, good. The demons believe in God, and they shudder. Faith isn't just belief. And from that moment, I realized finally all those, those words, they just are words when you come to believe in Jesus or have faith in Jesus or all this, these things as I grew up in. Just because I knew about God and I believed the creeds and things like that didn't mean I had faith. Didn't mean I had trust. And from that moment on, my life was changed. And there have certainly been times up and down in my life where, where I'm mad at God or I'm, I'm confused about things that are happening or I'm sad or, or whatever. But, but my faith never dipped past that point again. From there, sort of marked a new reality. And I I share this because this this testimony is is how the Acts of the Apostles begin. if we were reading reading the Bible in order, you would have just read this story. The story about Cornelius and Peter going to Joppa just happened in Acts, Acts chapter 10. And then we're reading it again in Acts chapter 11 as a testimony where Peter responds with what happened in his life. That's transformed his thinking. Why are you eating with these Gentiles? And Peter says, let me tell you a story. Right? He gives testimony. He says, I was just sitting praying and all of a sudden a vision came with all these unclean animals. And it said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And I'm like, God, I don't do that. It's a trick, right? And so then the vision came again. And then it came again, so three times, which seems to be a a, a theme maybe in Peter's life, if not the Bible, right? Three times. And then Peter said, oh, okay. And it was open to to the message of God that men were going to come. And bring him to Cornelius' house. A God-fearing centurion. And you're going to proclaim the word of the Lord to these people. Because they're ready to hear it. And Peter said, and so I went. And these men can testify with me. They're witnesses that this happened. And I was talking. And I was giving my sermon. And I was only about a little bit way through the sermon and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came and they started you know, speaking in tongues the Holy Spirit was, was upon them and I wasn't done. <clears throat> but I stopped anyway. It's a hard thing for a preacher, right? <laughs> stopped anyway and baptized them. Who am I to stop what God is doing? And then I remembered he ties it back. I remembered what John said. John will baptize with water, but one who comes after Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And this is what's happening. And who am I to stand in the way of God? Testimony is a powerful way, an important way, a vital way. As we share our stories, we went around the room, yesterday at the Vestry Retreat, sharing our stories of how God has impacted our lives, how God has transformed us, how God has prepared us to be a church, to be leaders, to be witnesses for the glory of God. And it's a testimony that leads into the gospel as well of how we're to respond loving one another as Christ loves us. And this, this gospel is plucked out of, I mean, whatever. We'll just talk about it. The, the lectionary does what the lectionary does, right? So it's very important to remember where we are. This is what's happening is we're at the Last Supper. Thankfully, thankfully the little gospel book told us. But I just picked up the Bible and started reading it. It said, and when he left... Jesus said, You're like, he who? Right? Like, what's going on? So what's happening is with the Last Supper, Jesus has washed the feet of his disciples, including Judas. And then he says, One of you is gonna betray me. And they're all like, Who's that? Right? And, and not me. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, after after Judas leaves, Jesus gives this little this little passage we read today, God, how God is going to glorify. Glorify in John's gospel means crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, sort of leading to the Holy Spirit. It's all those things in one big thing in John's gospel. It's the whole thing of, of redemption, of, of Jesus' action, of redeeming the people of the world. He says "Time's coming. The glorification of God is, is, is upon us now. And I'm not going to be here, and you can't come with me, but you need to live into this new command love one another as I've loved you. People will know that you belong to me if you love one another. Then he says, One of you is going to deny me, Peter. And Peter says, Love me right? Yes, before the cock crows three times. And so we have in this, this reality of, of, of God's love, of Jesus' love for one another in this passage is what is Jesus' love and what is Jesus' love not? We have betrayal we have denial and we have love part of what Jesus love is we don't betray God We don't deny God. We live in God's love. A grace and mercy. We love one another as Christ loved us. As we've said before when we've come upon this passage, a new command, I give you love one another as I've loved you, is even a little bit more so than love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Because love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes we don't love each other so much. Like we don't love ourselves even so much. Sometimes we don't think much of ourselves at all. But we know how Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us enough to live, die, be resurrected, ascended, and send forth his spirit upon us. That's how much Jesus loves us. And that's how we're called to love one another. And as we enter this time of uh, discerning mission and vision and where God is is putting his finger on on this parish, this congregation, and, and, and how we respond to that, in the midst of all the other words, that that need to get put down, that describe who we are and where God is leading us and what God is doing and who God is calling us to be. Love must be there. For without love, nobody cares and nobody's interested because that's what defines who we belong to. She said, People will know you belong to me if you have what? He doesn't even say, He'll know you belong to me if you have a great worship service, and a great organist, and a fantastic choir, and an amazing acolyte crew, and an amazing Eucharistic, you know, chanting and singing, and a fancy parish hall with a great kitchen. Those things are all good. But it's not love. Love is what defines us. So as we seek to avoid betrayal and denial of God coming upon us, let us embrace that love let us respond to one another in love and let us give testimony and share with one another how God's love has impacted us how God's love has transformed us and brought us to where we are today for it's a nice day out we could be doing something else we could be golfing be sitting there by the pool, you could be doing any number of things than being in these pews, but you're in these pews because of God's love. Because something's happened in your life to bring you here. Take hold of that. Share it. Give testimony to the transforming love and grace (coughs) of God through the Holy Spirit. Amen mm